Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us right now, a man (laughs) we've been trying to connect with for several years. He has a connection with Brian Jones. Brian loves this man. It is Jim Mora, (laughs) former NFL coach, of course, Coach Brian with the New Orleans Saints, the diddly-poo team. (laughs) Good morning, Mr. Mora. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, guys. How's it going back in New York? Coach, it is freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Nice here in the desert. (laughs) I I know. You're you're probably, uh, probably getting ready to hit the links or something, are you? Not today. Okay. Tomorrow. How much golf are you getting in these days? About three days a week. Sweet. There you go. That's what keeps you young right there. Uh, Coach, thanks for joining us. It's been a while since I've talked to you. I think the last time we saw each other was uh, 2011 at the BCS title game. And that was, uh, was it uh, LSU-Bama or was it a Saints guy? I think it was LSU-Bama and I ran into LSU-Bama. you. LSU-Bama. Yeah. At the Superdome. Right, right. I ran into you there. And uh, first question I wanted to ask you, you coached a long time. How long did it take for you to get it out of your blood? Is it, are you still have that same mindset, the coaching mindset, or are you, you, you're just done with it, knowing that, of course, you're not going to ever be back on the sidelines? I, 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 it didn't take too long. I mean, like you said, I, I, I coached a long time, uh, high pressure, you know, Colts, Saints, that type of stuff. I still do some stuff. I still do some things every season a few times a year with WDSU, which is the NBC affiliate in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And when the Saints play a, a game on, uh, well, a- actually, after I finished coaching, I worked for NFL Network for five years, and I worked for Fox Sports Radio for five years. I did a talk show every weekend on Fox Sports Radio, Saturday and Sunday. So I did stuff with sports and involving football, and I still do some things with WDSU, with the Saints, so I'm not totally out of it. But uh, it, it didn't take me too long to get you know, they say, well, hey, this is enough. I've done it enough. It's been a long time. I'm ready to not do it anymore. I think that most people, when they think about you, they'll go back to the classic videos of rants after games. Are you comfortable with that being such a big part of your legacy? No, not hmm. entirely. But there's nothing I can do about it, so I just accept it. But, uh, you know, that's I, I, I get the playoff thing a lot. From people, yeah, <laughs> uh, walking down the street, uh, I get letters from people, notes from people about it, uh, you know. But but hey, I've accepted it now. So it depends what kind of mood I'm in. <laughs> I, well, no, really, if I'm if I'm somewhere and some guy comes up and or I say I'm walking down the street and some guy I hear some guy say playoffs, <laughs> and and then it, and if I'm in a bad mood, and I might say something back to him. <laughs> wow, really. Still, well, not, yeah, not too bad, but yeah. I might. <laughs> I love and if it. If I'm in a good mood, or it's a good-looking girl, <laughs> you let it go, and it doesn't bother me at all. 
you have not changed. And, and I go back to that because I was a part of that Diddley Poo team, and I always tell folks about you going off and you subsequently uh, resigned the, the next day. And I didn't have a problem with it, Coach, because the game could drive you crazy. And I know our team was driving you crazy, and I thought for your health you probably need to, 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 to step away. And a lot of guys in that locker room were upset. They were so damn upset that they still went out and stunk up to join each and every Sunday. But – I just remember being in a locker room. I tell guys how that was a long. It took the longest to to get dressed because you came in, you yelled at us, and then you left, and you came back in, you threw the laundry bin, then you left, and you came back, you were banging on the coke machine. You left. Wait, what are you talking about? I remember doing all that stuff. I think you're overdoing it, Brian. Coach, you know, yeah. over the years things get bigger and bigger and bigger all the time, and I found this out. It's I hear some stories from former players that, well, I never remember doing that stuff. Well, that's how incensed you were. You incensed like that, and, and rightfully so. Uh, it kind of uh, you know joggles the, the memory or jars the memory, I should say. Uh, along the lines with what Greg was asking you. Uh, You've always been a fiery coach. At, at some point, was there ever uh, an inkling to say, well, maybe I need to temper my approach to how I go about this? Sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of times. You know, I look back at some of my post-game press conferences, and I wish I wouldn't have said some of the things that I said. I wish that sometimes I, I, I wish I wouldn't have cr- uh, said some things that I, or, you know, to the, to the team or to players. Yeah, I, I think about it, and... I could have handled things a lot different, and I think it would have been better if I if I would have. But I, I didn't. You know, I lost my cool a little bit, and emotions came out. And I'm an emotional guy anyway, and uh, I said some things that I probably shouldn't have said, or said them in a way that I shouldn't have said them. So yeah, I regret some of the stuff I said, especially to the press. Are you at peace but, with you it? You know, I'm I'm pretty good friends with a lot, especially those New Orleans guys. I when I go back down there, I see them, and you know, we've gotten to be pretty friendly. I stay in touch with them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, you know, there's one or two guys that, that I, I had a problem with, and, and most of the national media I had a good relationship with. So I don't, you know, it, it, I, 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 I didn't hide stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I let it out. Gio and Jones with Jim Moore across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Are you at peace with it now in your life, or you still think about it a lot? And, and Oh, I don't think about it a lot, no. Yeah. What good does it do? It's been a long time. Right. I don't think about it a lot at all, no. I'm yeah. at peace with it, yeah. And, and I, the way I read it was, and it's interesting to see you know, the relationship you had with the media, the way I read it was that, that people were more like, wow, he's, he's really fired up and it's entertaining to us as opposed to, man, he's being a jerk to us. That's, that's from, from my perspective. Yeah. Was it was it more of that, or you feel like you really you did didn't talk to the media? Well, I properly? didn't know, but I the, the 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 over the years since I left coaching, the when we talk about it, when I when I talk about it with people, that's the impression I have too. The, yeah, I know I know some media guys. In fact, I was talking to a guy a couple of weeks ago. He's he's still with the media in New Orleans, and you know he said, "Hey, you told it like it was, and and you you you." You didn't hide things. You let us know why you felt, and uh, he says I, I respected that. So, I you know when I hear stuff like that, then it doesn't bother me as much. Well, uh, I think I can speak to uh, some of my teammates, and I was only with you for a couple years, uh, but uh, I, we felt the same way, and it was refreshing. And you didn't just had to guess what was on Coach Moore's mind. He would tell you what was on his his, his mind. So uh, that was refreshing, and you know, growing up in a different era than. Than now, where some of these uh, 
uh, these players have thin skin. Uh, they couldn't have handled that approach. When you look at the Saints now and the success they're enjoying, of course, starting with that young defense that's finally starting to congeal, uh, they've gotten much better. What has impressed you about them thus far this season? Well, the, the main thing, the, the big improvement, like you say, is their defense. And I've been following them now and, and doing this thing with them for about eight years, eight seasons. And, you know, a few years after the Super Bowl when, when, when uh, Sean Payton got suspended and the defensive coordinator got suspended and their defense stunk, and they've always had a good offensive team. You know, with Drew Brees and the receivers and Sean Payton coaching, basically coaching the offense, They've always been good. They've always been able to score points. I, I didn't think their running game was particularly good, but they, they struggled defensively. So now that they've got, like you say, a young defense and a ta- some talent over there, you know, they're special. I think they're a really good football team. I was at the game last Thursday in Atlanta, and they didn't play particularly well that night, but I've watched them on TV here the last, you know, half of the season, and I, I think they're really good. They're good on defense. They run the ball now. A lot better. That Camara kid's a, a talent, and of course Drews is his his own. His, you know the way he's always always is. They got some good receivers. I think they're a really good football team. Brian always talks about how you gave him one of the highest compliments. What were the the exact words, Brian? <laughs> uh, he, 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 I'm not sure Coach will remember this, but we were in a team meeting and he was talking about being in a dark alley, and uh, he said that. Uh, Pointed out two guys, that, which I was a, one of them, and Lorenzo Neal was the other, and he said he'd want those two guys with him, and and so yeah, that was pretty cool. Okay, yeah, I always felt like, you know if I I felt that way about some players that that I coached that if I you know had a dark alley and had a bunch of guys coming after me, if I could pick a couple players that I would like to help me out on that deal, <laughs> uh, those were the guys that I wanted. to to, to have in that situation. Well, I, I can... another one that I I always respected was Ricky Jackson. You yeah, know, he was a tough guy, and I run into Ricky sometimes when I go back to New Orleans. But uh, good man. Yeah, do you know what he's saying? Because all those years I was around, I still don't know what the hell Ricky was saying. He's speaking that Cajun language or something. I know. I know. He's still that way. <laughs> well, you coached some great ones, Coach, and I tell this story. I always had, when I was in college, I had the Dome Patrol, that poster hanging up in my dorm room, and you had Swilling, and you had Ricky, of course, and Von Johnson, and the late Sam Mills. So, And you had Sam even when you were in the USFL, I believe. So you, yeah. you had some, some great ones that you, you coached along the way. Well, we had when I was with the Saints. You know, we most of the time there we had a really good defense because because we had good players. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason you you have success because you have good players, and you know uh, the Dome Patrol gets a lot of notoriety and a lot of credit, and they did and and deserved it. But boy, we had some defensive linemen that were were good players too: Jumpy and Frank mm-hmm. Warren and uh, Jimmy Wilkes and Bruce Clark. Those guys were were special too. Yeah, Wayne Martin. Wayne Martin, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gio and Jones or Jim Moore on CBS Sports Radio. Brian always says that he wasn't as committed as he could have been early on in his career, and he sometimes looks back on that and wish he had done things differently. From a coach's perspective, when you see players that you're not getting the full potential out of, do you really feel like you can affect that individual, or is it ultimately at that level of the NFL up to the individual to figure it out himself? Well, I think a coach can only do so much. I mean, most guys don't change a lot. Now, they do some, but I've, I've felt like that if he's had some problems in college, 
being motivated and things like that, that all of a sudden he comes into the NFL, <clears throat> it's not going to be a big difference, maybe for a year or two, but then he kind of goes back to what he was. But but that's that's not always true. I don't want to be negative in that respect. But, uh, you know, you can only do so much. And I, th- I think the key to be successful is to get those kind of guys that are motivated. You know, Dick Vermeil told me once, he said, the, the the key to having a bunch of a motivate you know the, the key to motivation is to have motivated players you know that helps a lot you don't have to spend a lot of time jacking them up with with talks and this and that and all these kind of things that if you want guys that just get guys that are motivated and you know i've always felt like the the key is to have good people on your team too and and you as an NFL coach you can decide who you want if if a guy's a jerk get rid of him and, and if he's not motivated, get rid of him. And that's that's all you have to do. Don't have a bunch of jerks on your team. Have good people <laughs> that are self-motivated that are good players, and then you have success. I think that across the board you can use that logic there. Oh, yeah. Because uh, we were just discussing the popularity or lack thereof of the NFL currently, a lot of hits off the field, on the field. Uh, how would you categorize the popularity of the league or the health of the league, I should say? I think it's good. I mean, you look at attendance – I've heard that some attendance is down because of the, the, the kneels and the not standing up before the game and all that kind of stuff. But I, when I go to these Saints games or when I watch games on television or when I talk to people about it, when I read the paper, when I watch TV and what they say, I, I think the NFL is, is as popular as it's ever been. And I don't think, you know, people people read some things in the paper about NFL players, uh, you know, and, and, and some of these guys are jerks. But I think 95%, maybe even more, I mean, they're good guys. They want, they want to win. They want to be successful. They want to be coached. And, uh, and, and I don't think they are a bunch of prima donnas. People say, oh, it's hard to deal with you. I bet it was hard to deal with those prima donnas. I didn't, I didn't think so. Don't have prima donnas on your team. <laughs> Get rid of them. That's right. That's right. Um, when you look back on your career and you want to feel good and you're sitting around getting nostalgic, what era is the, the moment that you go back to the most? Well, you know, when, when, we, took, when we took over the Saints, the Saints had not had a winning season in about 20 years, and they'd been 8-8, eight and eight, I think, a couple times. But, you know, that first winning season and then that success that we had early, early, uh, in my career at NFL, a uh, career with the Saints was was a highlight. I probably didn't appreciate it. I, I probably was a coach, Brian. I don't know. Maybe you would think this too. That I never, I never was able to smell the roses. You know, it was always like we got more to do. Uh, boy, that next game is going to be tough. We can't enjoy the last one. Maybe we can for a day or something like that. I, but we had some really good teams in New Orleans, and I had. We had some few, a few good teams in, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis hadn't been very good. Then we drafted Peyton, and uh, my first year there, we were three and thirteen with him starting and playing every game. The next year, we're thirteen and three and won and won the division. So, but boy, it was always like worried about the next game, worried about the next season, those kind of things. I wish, as I look back, I wish I would have, you know, like I said, smelled the roses a little bit more and enjoyed some of the success we had. But uh, I just. You know, coaching in the NFL when you and it's like coaching anywhere at any at at, at you know big time levels. When you win, it, it's fun. When when you lose, it it sucks. Basically, you know, it's tough. But uh, so winning, 
winning makes it make winning makes it fun. Losing makes it hard. Yeah. Well, Coach, uh, joy to hear your voice and uh, en- enjoy seeing you from time to time on the tube. You're doing your your football work and. Uh, you were a good one, man. I I I, I look back on uh, even though we played on some, I was on some bad teams and we didn't amass a great record. You were you were a good one. You were always honest, and I appreciate that. And and I'm proud to say I played for you. Well, good, and I feel the same way about you. And I've enjoyed being on with you guys. Thanks, thanks coach. For, yeah, thanks okay, for the time this day. morning. You okay. too. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.